Okay, everybody, welcome back once again to Tech Gumbo. I'm Haggai Davis II, along with Haggai Davis III, and we'd like to welcome you to Tech Gumbo. Here on our show, we like to talk about the past, present, and future of all things technology in a topical, interesting, and digestible way. Without geek speak or a bunch of acronyms, we just want to talk about technology that's important to us and important to you. We also want to thank Cardinal Capital. To business owners and CEOs, hopefully you have a good relationship with your lender. Even if you do, sometimes you face other challenges, such as a need to consolidate debt, a want to level out your cash flow, or a desire to buy new equipment because you're in growth mode. If this describes you, give Cardinal Capital a call, whatever your need or challenge. They have over 4,000 lenders where they source commercial capital for business clients. Chris, Gary, and Rob at Cardinal Capital have a passion for business, and they want you to succeed. When you meet with Cardinal Capital, they get to know you and your business so they can present your needs to lending institution that will best fit your unique situation. In short, they go after money for your business. They translate your business into what's important for lenders, and they are good at it. Depending upon what the deal is, no matter how complicated or straightforward, they will help maximize your profitability while setting your business up for success. They find the best solution for your situation, all while being fun and easy to deal with. For more detailed information, visit their website at cardinalcap.net. You can also call them 225-308-3700 or email them info at cardinalcap.net. So, Mr. Davis, let's do some tech gumbo today. I'm excited. We always want to say nice things about LSU, both being LSU alumni. And we had the great opportunity that an LSU computer science professor is coming out with a way to use a hands-on approach to smartphone security. Yeah, this is actually a really interesting story, and it makes a lot of sense for us to talk about it. We talk about different ways to increase cybersecurity that are also usable by people. No one likes to have a 17-character password that's letters and symbols, which is unreadable. And so... This new technique is really cool. It's really innovative, and it feels actually very usable. So the way this works is when you hold your smartphone in your hand, the speaker emits a soft sound such that you can't even hear, and it it picks up the vibration of the, the sound waves coming back from your skin and from the bones inside of your hand because it knows exactly what you sound like it, what your pulse is, what your pulse sounds like. So you can't fake that 2D image of your handprint anymore. You can't fake what your pulse and what your your bone structure sounds like either. Yeah, this is, is really cool. It, it just, as you said, it plays that little buzz and it feels how your hand responds to that buzz. It also looks at things like how you're holding the phone, how you're gripping it, all those tiny little things that everyone does just a little bit differently. Everyone's hand is going to buzz just a little bit differently. And so the their first use case that they're talking about is for notification privacy. That's whenever it plays the buzz for, oh, you know, you got a new email or you got a new text message. It'll only actually show the contents of the notification if it's your hand. If it's someone else's hand or it's just not in a hand at all, it'll only say you have an email versus, oh, you have an email from Haggai Davis about Tech Gumbo. And so that is their like introduction, just first idea. But 
there are so many different ways you could take this and it's it doesn't feel anywhere near as invasive yeah when when you see things like the irs is no longer going to do facial scanning recognition to log onto their website and which meant that the irs was keeping your facial scans on their servers this is technology that stays in your phone in your hand this isn't big brother listening in and knowing what your bone structure sounds like you if you lose your phone now that phone becomes a brick if if you have the multi-factor authentication of the the sounds that your hand emits is the only way to open that phone right in a lot of the same ways like whenever you have the thumbprint scan to open your phone that that data is stored locally it's not sent up to samsung or google or or apple it all just sits right there on your phone and so there's much less risk of if central apple gets hacked they're not going to have access to all those things and the same idea here if central whoever gets hacked they're not going to have access to your hand vibration noise and even if you think about some of the other biometric security systems that we've seen such as facial recognition which comes with all kinds of problems which we've talked about in the past or even things like the iris scan where it looks in your eyeball and you know sees the exact pattern of the cones and rods in your eyes that kind of feels creepy in a lot of ways and you don't have that here this is just as secure it would be just as unique to you but it, it's not looking inside of my eyeball. It's just like, oh, my hand buzzed a little bit. And that just doesn't creep me out anywhere near as much. And they've even taken this to the, the level of if you were going to walk up and trying to get entrance into a building or something like that, and where before you had to put your hand on something and it scans your whole hand kind of thing, the kiosk kind of environment, you hold your phone in your hand next to that kiosk and your phone verifies you are who you say you are and then it, it transmits that code to that that device via, via bluetooth or something like that and now you've just gotten your entry in because your phone was listening to your hand this is a, a really cool technology from the researchers at lsu it's still very new it's still under development but they're starting to present it, they're starting to work on it, and their plan is to go commercial in the next couple of years. So we are very excited about this idea. So way to go, LSU Computer Science Assistant Professor Cheng Wang. He, and also with a third year PhD student, Long Wang, they're the ones who are working on this. Very excited to say, go Tigers. Absolutely. <laughs> Moving on to other things with smartphones, it's not always great. Smartphone malware is on the rise. The researchers have said they've seen a 500% jump in attempted mobile attacks in just the first few months of 2022. That's right. When you have a surge at that kind of level of people trying to get into phones because fewer and fewer people are using computers. They're not using their desktops because the desktops don't exist as much anymore. And fewer people are using laptops because they live in their phones. Well, why do criminals rob banks? Because that's where the money is. Why are hackers going after smartphones? Because that's where the users are. Exactly. And a lot of times 
we have a whole bunch of ways to think about what a security look like on a laptop or on a desktop. We have all kinds of procedures in place and it's, it's something that we're getting better as a society about what is good hygiene look like in the cybersecurity space on a desktop. All those things have been drilled into us on a desktop or a laptop, but you know, whenever you're looking at something on a phone, it's formatted a little differently. It's not quite the same things inside your brain, which would set off those alarms that, hey, maybe I shouldn't click that. You're just used to a different type of experience. And so hackers are exploiting that to, to try and slip something in that flies underneath that radar. So that you do click that link that's in a text message and boop, they got you. And so that's how this is spreading right now. One of the most common or the most notorious ones is something called Flubot, which has been around since November of 2020. And its whole purpose is to steal username and passwords from banks and other financial services organizations. So you sign into checking account or your Visa, your MasterCard, American Express, they got you. And so the same type of principles that apply on a desktop for good cybersecurity apply on your phone. If you don't know where a link comes from, don't click on it, don't open it. Only click on things that you trust and that you can verify. Make sure that you, you know, if you just get a text message from a number you're not expecting, don't interact with that text message. It's okay to click on links from your bank whenever you've told your bank to send you a text message or whenever you've told Cox to send you a text message because you're trying to log into Netflix. But if you just get some random text for a service that you don't have and it's not quite spelled right and something looks off about it, trust that sense inside your head and do some other work to verify that what you got is either real or if it's not real, delete it. Speaking of deleting, one of the things we're not ready to sign up for deleted in the idea of moving towards is Windows 11. Yeah, we've been hesitant on Windows 11 since it was first announced, since it was launched to this day. And man, they just continue to release features and ideas that don't drive me towards it. One of the newest ones that, that has come out was the idea that the Windows 11 File Explorer might have advertising on it. Yeah, that is one of the, I mean, there are very few places that I do want ads in general, but whenever I'm digging for a file and I need to find something important, having an ad right there is so far down the list and would just make me very angry. That would make my eyes bleed. I, I'm in File Explorer all day, every day. I'm constantly going into File Explorer, pulling up documents, pulling up customer profile information and spreadsheets, spreadsheets, proposals, quotes, acceptance, all of those types of things. And so as much time as I spend in File Explorer to all of a sudden start seeing ads would just make me lose my mind. Yep. Microsoft's official response has been, oh, we didn't mean for this to go public. This was supposed to just be internal only. We're sorry that you guys saw that. Oops. Yeah, we were just testing. And we were kicking an idea around. This was never really going to happen unless y'all liked it. But apparently nobody really likes it. We weren't really going to do that. Trust us. 
Yeah, I don't know that I believe that. And I, I don't know that I believe that it's not coming. I w would still expect it to happen at some point. They might tweak it, they might alter it. But once you get started down that path of putting ads in places where there weren't ads, all that sweet, sweet ad money starts to add up very quickly. And we have to pay for all of our um, shareholders. So uh, coming soon to a Windows 11 near you. You got to get to $3 trillion somehow. Mm -hmm. Doesn't get there on its own. Not move the needle if you don't have ads. Let's let's put some ads. Let's get some more revenue going because we can't be we can't be the fourth company to get to three trillion dollars. We want to be the second company. There are other things that they're looking to do other than just add ads. They're looking to add a new software called ClipChamp. It is a video editing software that you know, will hopefully replace Windows Movie Maker, uh, a classic from previous versions of Windows. That's that is their goal here. So that sometimes they're looking to add functionality not just the ads. For those of you who remember Windows Movie Maker, it was kind of clunky, didn't do a whole lot. They were, they threw together something and slapped it inside of Windows 7 and then tweaked it in Windows 8 and killed it with Windows 10 and haven't really had anything to line up with Adobe Premiere Pro or anything on the Mac. So, um, it's just kind of been sitting out there. Well, Microsoft went out and bought ClipChamp. Right, and I don't think that they need to have some premier quality software that does compete directly with uh, Adobe Pro or whatever the Apple products are, but just something lightweight, something easy to use. It doesn't have to have all the bells and whistles, but something basic so that I can do video editing makes a lot of sense that they would have that. And it's honestly kind of surprising that they weren't able to find anything to put in Windows 10 that would replace that. Well, because everyone wants to make their TikTok videos and, and make their Facebook Reels videos. That's right. So since nobody's making Instagram videos anymore, they have to, they have, to have some kind of software that'll allow them to do really cool things like make those kinds of videos. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great point that we're seeing so much video be captured on cell phones and be edited on cell phones and distributed on cell phones to be consumed on cell phones. That That is an entire ecosystem which is forming right now. And so that's a great point that you would design it differently. That's when you think about how you would use it a decade ago and who are the people who are consuming videos, it was the idea of watching videos on your cell phone was still very new back then because the iPhone was still new. The, a lot of people didn't have smartphones yet. And so the, this new completely mobile video space is something that is definitely going to alter how you design these products. Well, because you can shoot the video with your smartphone and then upload it to your desktop, to your Windows 11 computer, and you just want to make a... a, a short video for YouTube, but you want to polish it a little bit. You want to take out a few stumbles, some some gotcha words or things like that that you, you didn't want as part of your video. Okay, you can you can edit here and there. You, like you said, you probably won't have all the bells and whistles that that the Adobe Premiere Pro will have. You won't have multi layers where you could 
drop in music over the top of animations with your your video below it and do all of those high-end kind of video features but yeah you should be able to create a decent little video with this software yeah though i used movie maker for class projects growing up and it was great for that it was a nice introductory piece of software it was good to like get used to using those tools and i think that if microsoft has something which can kind of fill in that gap then they're they're successful there so it's available now as an app for those of you who have gone on to Windows 11. Microsoft's ultimate goal is that it's going to be part of Windows 11 so that when you turn on your Windows 11 computer, ClipChamp will be there. Right, already baked inside. Already baked into the goods, exactly. So the last story we wanted to talk about was a rather cool way of, of advertising in a way that also freaked a lot of people in Austin, Texas out. So at South by Southwest Festival, which is known to have a strong tech presence in general, they had a drone swarm, which arranged into a pattern, which was an ad for the new Halo show. That's right. It was a big QR code floating across the sky of a Texas night. And when you look at the picture of this thing, it's a cool looking thing where wow you hold your phone up and you see the qr code of it and i'm sure a lot of people did pull out their phones and it probably did hit this it's fascinating that that they could take 100 or so different of these drones with lights on them and they get them all formed out in the in the perfect qr pattern that said hey this is the new halo show coming on tv yeah, the, the total pattern was about 300 feet tall and 600 feet wide. So you have to think it was also floating several hundred feet in the air. And so, man, this had to be really imposing. And if you didn't know what was coming, you weren't quite sure of this technology, this probably freaked a lot of people out. Supposedly, there was a lot of phone calls that were called into the 911 center. A lot of people were just freaked out. Twitter was going crazy in Austin the night that they did this. It was just really a fascinating way of getting a whole lot of attention. I, it would be fascinating to know how much time it took to create this pattern. And to get this up there and, and flying it around, did they, have to, did they have to file to get special permission to get the drones above 400 feet? Because you know this thing was up there in the air. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's 300 feet tall, you're at least 400 feet in the air. You have to think that there had to be all kinds of special permits in order to do this. Your your point about how long to take to design this, my guess is once you have the software and the tools built ahead of time, not that long because you have your, your framework in place and you just kind of pick your number of drones and you make your pattern and then you you let it run and it solves itself. Once once you have that initial base infrastructure in place, it's probably only a day or two to crank out as many of these different shapes and patterns as you want. Because there was also, they spelled out some text at some point in time. They had different messages talking about the Halo show. It wasn't just the QR code. Is this going to become the advertising of the future? Are we going to start seeing this pop up more and more? But you can only do it on good weather nights. Or if there's a heavy wind blowing, this doesn't work. 
Oh, I absolutely think that at stunts, this could very much be the next. You know, you have the the giant lights that uh, are on the parade and they sweep across the sky. This very much feels like the 21st century version of that. That, you know, it, it does require certain weather conditions. It requires more permits and things like that. But if you want attention, boy, this is a fantastic way to get it. Absolutely. We want to thank General Informatics for sponsoring our show. General Informatics is an information technology firm with a mission to make our clients even more successful through the best use of technology. Based in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, General Informatics is a premier IT managed service provider delivering exceptional managed IT solutions to a diverse base of customers across the southeastern United States. From the beginning, we have maintained our commitment to meeting the growing needs of our clients through continuous innovation. With over 20 years of experience and a team of 180 plus employees, including technicians, engineers, program designers, GI has evolved to become the leading IT partner of business schools and government agencies. Our managed services teams can run your digital infrastructure or support your team on an on-demand basis, letting you focus on your business strengths. This has become a proven formula. So proven that 98% of our clients continue to do business with us year after year. Whether you need IT services, new technology, or have a question, visit us on the web at geninf.com. If you enjoyed our show today, we are here on Talk 107.3 FM every Saturday at 4 p.m. And the show reruns Sundays also at 4 p.m. If you missed any part of the show or you'd like to hear this or previous episodes, check out our podcast. Available on almost every podcast platform, including iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Audible, and more. When you're there, be sure to subscribe so you get notified every time we post a new episode. If you like our show or you have any suggestions, let us know on our website at www.techgumbo.net. You can also always text us 225-255-0431. Thank you for listening to Tech Gumbo.